What's Shake and Fire Nation? JLD here, and welcome to episode 1784 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. And if you're ready to accomplish that one big goal, check out the Freedom Journal because then you'll accomplish it in a hundred days. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Lord Jason Allen Scott. Jason, are you prepared to ignite? Hell yeah. Yes. Jason's an award-winning event professional, serial entrepreneur, two times best-selling author, and professional speaker who travels the world educating and empowering people. Jason, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Thank you very much. Um, you forgot to mention avid podcast listener to EO Fire. <laughs> yes. Also a member, proud member of Podcasters Yay. Paradise. Um, uh, yeah, you, you nailed it on the head. I've started uh, several companies in my 27 years of entrepreneurship, which is absolutely frightening. I speak about entrepreneurship, um, entrepreneur mindset. I speak about writing. I speak about the difference between impossible and possible being you. Um, and I have a company that's now in 14 locations worldwide and supporting over 47 families. So I'm incredibly proud. Well, and unlike me, you actually pronounce the word entrepreneur correctly. And <laughs> even though it's the name of my show, I still can't get it right. But we do our best, you know, as people over here in the States, we do what we can. But Jason, what would you say your area of expertise is? I believe my area of expertise is that I'm a bit of a snappy dresser, but I don't think that's what you're looking for. Well, I can so, uh, see that, by the way, in your Skype photo. You look amazing <laughs> in that photo. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've started uh, companies on three continents now, and I believe it's focus, curiosity, and confidence, and the unshakable belief that it can be done and that I am the one to do it. What's something that we don't know about your area of expertise that as entrepreneurs, we probably should? that I had absolutely no experience of a single business I have ever started and probably shouldn't have ever tried to begin with. You know, I will say this. I mean, Fire Nation, sometimes ignorance is bliss. When you start something not knowing anything, you go in with no ego. You go in with just a blank slate and you make things happen. And by the way, sometimes you think outside the box and you start coming up with ideas that people who are in the industry, in the business would never have thought of. So like what's an action item, Jason, that you can share with Fire Nation that can maybe help us at that part of our journey? To find out those that have done it, to, to learn as much as you can. And of course, that's so easy now with the power of the internet to read as many books on the subjects, to speak to as many people as possible, but to listen, to truly, truly listen. One of my favorite leaders is uh, the great Nelson Mandela, mm. the late great Nelson Mandela, whose father taught him, who was a, a chief in a, in a village, that to sit in a circle and allow everyone else in the circle to speak before you do. And that's something I think you should do as an entrepreneur and as a human being. Jason, let's talk about what you consider one of your worst entrepreneurial moments to date. In fact, let me rephrase that. I want your worst, brother. Give me your worst entrepreneurial moment. Take us to that moment and tell us, Fire Nation, that story. I was 27 years old. I had saved up for over 10 years, every penny, every piece of pocket money to start my own company. My company was called OPM. It stood for other people's money. <laughs> the plan was dead simple. I would 
create printed promotional t-shirts for corporates. I'd get them to prepay for the t-shirt and the print. I would add a markup and I would have a business. It seemed like an absolute no-brainer. Like anything in life, I thought the best way to behave was to be like Rocky, go after the world champions, go after the greatest. And if they knock you down, you still have a great tale. So I went to go speak to the largest grocer, the largest independent grocery store chain in Southern Africa at the time. And I pitched my idea about how I was this plucky startup and how I could provide them with the best possible t-shirts. I remember mentioning a company at the time called Fruit of the Loom. And they were beyond excited to get this T-shirt from America. And the idea was to put a smiley face on it and get it to every single store. I remember looking at the contract and without even reading it, the moment I saw the revenue and my brain worked out the profit, I couldn't wait to sign on the dotted line. I picked up the phone the moment I walked out of the out of the um, out of the offices. And please bear in mind, this was before mobile phones, which means mm. I had to run to the nearest telephone booth, <laughs> call my father up, who's also my best friend, and say, "Dad, tonight we eat steak." We ran down. We had this big celebration. I ordered everything, and I was ready to go. Unfortunately, fourteen days later, when the t-shirts were supposed to arrive from the great United States of America, they never did. And what happened apparently was that there was a mismanage of, of logistics when it came to Fruit of the Loom sending the t-shirts down and the sanctions were on. This was obviously just after the apartheid time and there were a lot of American companies that just would not work with anybody from Southern Africa. I had no idea. To make matters worse, when I called the grocer and said, please, can you just give me an advance on the money? I'll be able to order more t-shirts from a different distributor. They reminded me of clause 16.2 and I'll never forget this. It said, we will pay 120 days after delivery. Oof. I was gone. I grew up incredibly poor in a really bad neighborhood. And just like pretty much anyone that doesn't understand their options, I went to the worst possible person for advice, a loan shark of my area. The only person I knew had what it seemed like endless supply of resource. He gave me the money again. I did not read the small print, which explained the VIG or the interest or the, the APR, which was at that stage was 48%. And these numbers today are like a phone number. I remember all of them. I, I said, yes, I had no choice. I, you know, I was grown up to talk that if you made a promise, you stuck to it no matter what. So I got the T-shirts in, I got them printed, and I got them delivered on the exact day. But it took 90 days for that gentleman to drive me out of business and have me hand over my first company. And it took 24 months before I had the belief in myself again to try again. Wow. Now that's a story. And Fire Nation, if you're listening, um, when you come on EO Fire, that's the kind of detail, that's the kind of in-the-momentness that I'm looking for when it comes to this. And Jason, for you, what would you say is the biggest lesson? Like, what's the biggest takeaway that our listeners, Fire Nation, can make sure that we really understand from that story? React, not respond. I think the biggest thing I learned from that exciting moment, that, that entire time, the entire time period. And it, it lasted, as I said, it lasted nine months from, from signing the contract or from pitching all the way through to handing over the business and the keys to the factory. And if I had just responded, if I'd taken the time, if I'd read the details, if I'd discussed it with people, if I'd created a board or a group of, of elders, a, a group of peer, a network, as, as a great podcaster once said, your network is your net worth. <laughs> if I had sat them down and said, this is the contract, this is what I'm getting it for. Here's my business plan. What do you think? I think the first person that read that contract would have said, you are reacting. You are not responding. Mm. So now I have this thing written above my desk. It says S-T-O-P. And it says, stop, think, observe, and then plan. And I stick to that all the time. Stop, think, 
observe, plan. Wise words, Fire Nation. (laughs) Wise words. So Jason, let's going to move into another story. This is going to be one of the greatest ideas that you've had today. I mean, you've had a lot. You've implemented a lot. But what's one of those aha moments that you think will be valuable for Fire Nation to hear the story behind? Have you ever said something again and again and again? You say it so many times that eventually it almost loses its meaning. And then one day you're in a conversation or you're talking to someone and you say this exact same rhetoric, the same cut and paste comment that you've said a million times. And all of a sudden, it just makes sense. There's, it, it's pure that. It's aha. It's that light bulb over your head, that eureka moment when you want to scream to the ceiling. <laughs> in, in 2000, I had lived in the United Kingdom for, uh, I think it was three years at the time. I'd left Taiwan. I'd left Thailand where I sold a business um, teaching swimming. And I had been sending money to my father who couldn't find a job. He was 56 years old and he just, he didn't have the confidence to do what he needed to do. And he didn't believe in starting a business. He'd always worked for someone. And I was telling the story about giving a man a fish and teaching a man to fish, you know, something you say again and again and again. And it hit me. I'd been sending fish home to my dad every single month and it would never give him anything besides a meal for that day, for that moment. So I bought him a ticket. We flew to Thailand. Um, We went down and we spent four weeks looking at everything. And again, I did it wrong. You know, I looked at what his passions were. I looked at what I thought his interests were. It only came in the last week that I started looking at what his focus was. He only watched one TV show. It was called Nip Tuck. He loved an American show called Dr. 90210 that was all about these cosmetic surgeons in Rodeo Drive. And he seemed to be obsessed about looking good and fit and healthy. And I took that and thought, well, we need to look at what can we do within that. So we looked at gyms, personal training, fitness, nutrition. And it was in that that I started looking at technology, science to do with fat loss. As I started looking at this, I noticed that all the machines at the time were these huge behemoth of machines. Now, bear in mind, I am 42 years old. I have seen photocopiers come the size of rooms. I've watched them get smaller and smaller and smaller until they couldn't be smaller. And then they got smart. (laughs) Then it was photocopier, fax. You know what I'm talking about. Photocopier, fax, scanner, printer. It was all these things. Mobile phones did the exact same thing. They were these huge machines that came in a, a little suitcase from Motorola and delivered to your door. And the next thing you knew, they were so small, you'd lose them in the tiny pocket of your Levi's jeans, but then they got smart. And all of a sudden it was about smartphones, not small phones or big phones. And I thought if I could get these fat freeze machines, these machines that got rid of your fat through science and I could make them as small as humanly possible, that would be step one to winning the day. And all I needed to do was win the day. And I started a small company called Lockema that not only gave my dad profit, but gave him passion and purpose. He, my dad loves being a father. And all of a sudden he was a father to staff members. He was a father to people in the factory that helped us with the machines. He was a father to salons that we'd worked with or clinics or spas. And he's gone on to become a father of 14 franchises throughout the world. And that aha moment, that moment of realizing that sometimes you can hear something a million times without truly understanding its true meaning. Now you made the comment, don't look where the passion is, look where the focus is. What does that mean? I think we so often get told when asked, you know, what can I do with my life or where should I go, that you should look at your passion. Now, if you would ask me that directly now, I'd say, well, my passion is film. My passion is podcast. But could I start a film company? Probably not. Have I started a podcast? Yes. But has it, I monetized it the way that I've wanted to? No. So let's look at my credit card bills. Let's look at where I spend my money. Let's look Mm. at what I focus on every single day. I focus on books about self-improvement. I focus on books about business. I, I read endlessly on business books and success stories and founders. 
I've read every single book on your reading list. And I realized that's my focus. So starting a business, building a business, selling a business, providing others with business, that is something I can do every single day and probably do better than most because I have a, an esoteric knowledge of it through multiple sources. Tim Ferriss asked this question, where do I spend a disproportionate amount of my money? And when he asked himself that question back when he was making like $2,500 a month, he was like, I can't believe I'm spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on supplements. Like he wasn't necessarily passionate about supplements, but he was just like, wow, this is crazy. Like I'm spending so much money on supplements and my friends are too. And none of us make much money. I mean, Fire Nation, I love that idea of looking at where you're spending your money, where are you spending your focus? It might not be a passion of yours, but it could be a curiosity. You know, it could be a big impact for you. So love that story, love that message. And Jason, fast forwarding to today, like what are you most excited about? I'm most excited about the connectivity that we have, that we've seemed to have gone from a local knowledge to global knowledge to global knowledge. This kind of understanding that we can be in multiple places. I now have a team of five people based in six different parts of the world, which I can never understand because one of them seems to be bi-coastal. Although I had to look up what the word bi-coastal meant. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what global means. <laughs> global, but local. So it feels like it's your backyard uh, because it's because it's WhatsApp and because it's a tech. You know, I even typed it out and I'm seeing the local in it now, but I wasn't before. So <laughs> global and yeah. local. Global. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> so that idea that everybody can be global, that I can I can reach out to someone that I admire through social media and start a conversation and all of a sudden we're on Skype and we're talking as if we're in the same room. We're dealing with problems that aren't just problems in my neighborhood or my city or my borough or or um, I don't know what the word that you guys, the territory or state over there, but what is a problem that affects every single one of us? And I think more and more we're starting to notice these micro bubbles. Again, as much as I hate to quote you, you often talk about niches to riches yeah. and the importance of understanding your avatar. And I think that has become so much easier today. And that's got me incredibly excited and fired up. You can quote me on my own show, Jason. No big deal there. <laughs> Absolutely. And global knowledge is, is true, Friday. I mean, the world is literally becoming flat in a good way and not in a real way, but we're talking about in a virtual way. And, you know, Jason and I were chatting in the pre-interview. You know, he's in London right now. It's six degrees Celsius. I'm here in Puerto Rico. It's 97% humidity. I mean, we couldn't really be, you know, different in a lot more ways, but it sounds like we're in the same room right now. We might as well be sitting across from each other having a conversation. That's the world that we live in right now. And if you think Jason's been dropping value bombs thus far, uh, you'd be right. Um, but if you think that it's going to stop anytime soon, you'd be wrong. So don't you go anywhere. We're going to take a quick minute to thank our sponsors. Whether you're working on a small project or a huge launch, it can be easy for things to slip through the cracks. Don't let your designs be one of those things. Let Design Crowd help. One of the many great things about Design Crowd is rather than paying expensive fees and waiting weeks for an agency to pitch an idea or create a great looking logo for you, you can have what you need within days. All you have to do is launch your brief, then designers will begin submitting quality designs for your review. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the course of several days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 plus different designs to choose from. All that's left to do is pick the best design and improve payment to the designer. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D dot com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer, or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on Design Crowd. 
If you're thinking that building a business from scratch takes a lot of hard work and patience, then you're right. But who says you have to start from scratch? What if you could earn equity in the business you build without having to start at square one? You can by becoming an Allstate agency owner. Being an Allstate agency owner is unlike other small business ventures because there are no franchise or royalty fees to pay. That means more money going directly into growing the business. What about unlimited earning potential? You got it. As an Allstate agency owner, you can be earning repeat revenue from policy renewals. Being an Allstate agency owner may be just the opportunity that you've been looking for, especially when you have the backing of a nationally recognized brand like Allstate. Be more than just an agent. Be an Allstate agency owner and earn equity in the business that you build. Visit allstateagent.com slash eofire and learn more about owning an Allstate agency. That's allstateagent.com slash eofire, subject to the terms and agency agreements. Jason, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? Bring it on. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Shiny bowl syndrome. I don't know if you have that, but I know that every time something exciting falls on my lap, I almost want to push the thing away that I'm working on to look at it, to focus on it, to ask myself if I can put my personal stamp on it. The, you Ages ago, and I don't know how long ago it was, you, you had an episode where one of your guests were talking about this book called The One Thing. And I remember the day so vividly, I grabbed the book. I literally went down to a bookstore. I hadn't been in a bookstore in years, found the book, pulled it out, got my highlighter and went through it and just thought, this is me. I need to have this one thing. I need to stop being a shiny ball chaser, which was my biggest distraction as an entrepreneur and what stopped me from being a great entrepreneur. What's the best advice you've ever received? Do one thing every single day that brings you closer to your dream life or the dream person you want to be. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? I read every single day and I listen twice as much as I speak. Recommend one internet resource. So I've got two. One, listen to EO Fire every single day. (laughs) And two is an app and website called Get Abstract. I mentioned I'm an avid reader. It's a website that allows you to summarize business books. And it is incredibly insightful, fantastic service, and very few books they don't seem to have. Recommend one book and share why. When I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead by Jerry Weintraub. Now, for a lot of us, we might not know who Jerry Weintraub is. And as as a millennial, you might want to think of something like Ocean's 11, 12, or 13. (laughs) For us that have lasted a little bit longer, he was one of the managers of Elvis and Frank Sinatra. He was a true alchemist in the idea that he could come up with a concept and talk his way into doing it. His book is all about making the possible or making the impossible possible. Jason, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. JasonAllenScott.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-A-L-L-A-N-S-C-O-T-T.com. I'm on Twitter at Penthouse Lord. Really easy to find. Just Google Lord Jason Scott or Jason Allen Scott. And I suppose my last piece of advice is what you get by achieving your goals is not the thing. It's who you become by achieving them, that is. And I meant to ask you, how does one become Lord Jason Allen Scott? 
I'm embarrassed and proud. Oh, to say. then I definitely have <laughs> to hear the story. <laughs> if you're embarrassed, uh, my second wife was Lady Lavana Anthea Grafton the third. And if you know history, you'll know that Henry the eighth was um, a Catholic, and he wasn't allowed to cheat on his wife, and he was cheating with both and with both Boleyn sisters, Anne Boleyn, I think it was Kate Boleyn, and he did it in the Grafton Manor House, and for allowing his infidelity. And this incredible cardinal sin, he gave them as much land as they could see. Land barons became lords and ladies, and I married a lady, so I became a lord. (laughs) Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with Lord Jason Scott Allen and JLD today. So keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. Just type Jason in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. Of course, head directly to jasonallenscott.com. And Jason, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we will catch you on the flip side. Been an absolute pleasure, sir. Keep doing what you're doing. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Jason today. And uh, from accomplishing goals to launching podcasts to creating funnels and webinars that convert, I have four free, count them, free, or I should say count them four, (laughs) courses awaiting for you at eofire.com, and I will catch you there, or I'll catch you on the flip side. Who says you have to start from scratch with building your own business? Being an Allstate agency owner means you're not just selling insurance policies, you're building equity in a business. Be more than just an agent. Be an Allstate agency owner. Visit allstateagent.com slash eofire to learn more today. Subject to the terms of the agency agreements.